Hey, Aaron. Yeah, Pete? I dare you. Nope. <laughs> Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Well, that'll add it together. Um, hey, Pete. Hey, Aaron, buddy. How you doing? Good. We're back for our second episode of Don't You Dare, the podcast where one of us dares the other person to do something and then we report back. Those are all <laughs> – that's a slogan, I think. It's nice. It ties together. It's definitely less than 180 characters and uh, just rolls off the tongue. Do you think it might be too vague? No. Where we're saying uh, someone dare someone else to do something. Do you think that might not be, I don't know, exciting people? your first draft is your best draft. Uh, We're all L. Ron Hubbard. First draft, last draft, get it out the door. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. First first draft, last draft. uh, Get it out that fucking door. Milk millions out of monies. (laughs) I think Ooh, I think that I was just taking a drink. I wasn't like silencing you. <laughs> oh, are we not supposed to talk about Scientology on this podcast? Uh, we're going to say that for our third podcast, which is Scientology and me and also Pete. <laughs> that one, you're still the co-host, but I've really ostracized you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> our third podcast, uh, Sundays with Xenu. Yeah. And <laughs> I like that. Tuesdays with Xenu. Okay. Um, so the uh, so I'm going to run you through the premise. Yeah, let's let's quickly that? do the premise, uh, just in case you didn't. Uh, I think our goal is to release actually the first and second episode together, uh, not on the same track, but at the same time. Uh, so you get to hear two dares right away. So just in case you skipped over the first episode like an asshole, Peter, why don't you tell everyone the quick premise of this show? Uh, we take turns daring each other every week to experience one piece of entertainment, uh, a video game, a show, an album, and sometimes a movie that doesn't fit in the uh, We Love to Watch format. Um, the media must be readily available. Uh, it is. They must be experienced. If they're a movie or an album, they must ex- be experienced in full. Games must be played for at least two hours. And obviously, we uh, sort of balance that every week. Uh, if we feel like the other person should play more or less to get the better experience, we, we talk to each other. Uh, and up to three television episodes you can dare someone on. So unless it's like readily available. Like, I'm not going to, like, Simpsons is a bad example, but if I want you to watch four Simpsons episodes, I that's all on SimpsonsWorld.com. So, like, that sort of thing. The media should, the media can be difficult, but finding it doesn't have to be. Exactly. And, but the Simpsons in this case probably wouldn't work because the other rule is that the dare must not have experienced it in full before. So, for example, what we're going to talk about today, I'm assuming Peter has heard one song off the album, but my guess is he has never heard the album in in full as a piece as its its own thing so if if you're gonna dare me do the simpsons i would probably say okay you'd have to probably look at episodes after season 27 or whatever it was i tapped out because i've seen everything so again this has to be new for the person which also helps in case i could like we're good friends but this podcast i could see easily devolve into hey peter do that thing again next week 
and it turns into like a weird version of like the worst idea of all time podcast. <laughs> so, so that, that rule not only allows someone to get their first impression out on the show, but also uh, helps it from devolving into weird, petty nonsense until one of us quits the podcast. I would love to ruin this network on the back of this program. But let's get into the categories of the dare. There's three categories. Yes. One is I want you to like this. So, presumably, we're operating on good faith. <laughs> Two, I don't want to waste my time on this report back. That means I haven't seen it, but I want you to go scout it out for me and be my canary in the coal mine. Yeah, it's kind of like, Three. in that case, it's almost like having a personal servant. Like, it's like a wine taster for movies and TV shows. Yeah, yeah, you're my... Is this poison? Mouvelier. Or is this delicious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, if I can relate a fushu mang to anything, it would be a fine wine. Oh we have, we, we're still doing rules. No one knows what the dare is uh. unless they can read. Uh, so, and then the third category of dares is... This is terrible. Fuck you. And I would like, okay, just like Aaron, let's hash this out. I would like to stick mostly in the first two categories. I don't want this to devolve into some sort of like hate fest. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, we have we'll a we have a whole nother show to talk about things we love. This this will be a little more fun because not only do we get to talk about different mediums, but we can have a show where we just shit on something if that's what we feel like doing. Now, Peter. I'm going to tell you what my dare is for this for this week, or more tell the audience, because you should already know what it is. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, this sort of falls into category one. You would think this would be a fuck you or a fushu, but, but it's, it's more a number one from um, the 14-year-old version of myself, who uh, – so my, my dare was to listen to all back to front – Smash Mouth's first album called Fushu Mang. And why I picked it is because when we first started talking about a podcast, I wanted to talk about this album because Smash Mouth is a punchline and they're known for kind of these kind of bad, inoffensive songs. And as someone who listened to this album over and over at the age of 13 or 14 or whenever it came out, I can tell you that they are worse than you think. But I know that as someone who found this album, and this is like a perfect album for a 13-year-old because when you're 13, you listen to music and it falls into one of two categories. Everything sucks and I'm depressed or everything sucks, but I'm kind of snotty about it. And this is yes. a – this is a like everything sucks. Yeah, exactly. This is like everything sucks. I can't get a girlfriend because you're just, you're just a mess of hormones and all the things you want – don't work out for you and your your parents suck. The girls like, can't get boyfriends either because you don't want to talk to each other. Exactly. So, like, 13 is just a frustration. You have all these rules forced upon you. You know, you have all these weird, like, puberty things going on in your body. It sucks. So, I feel like everyone at that 13, 14 age is listening to some sort of, like, poor me music. And I, and I think you could, if you're going to be real reductive, they fall into one of two categories. The... The, you know, the maybe you're listening to the Radiohead or The Cure, depending on what era, like everything's kind of bumming me out and I'm sad and I just, you know, everything sucks. Smashing Pumpkins would in some ways fall into that category. And then there's like kind of the puck, like everything sucks, but I'm going to kind of be goofy about it. And I definitely, at 13 anyways, fell into the latter category. And this is like a perfect example of that. 
this is also like I was listening to other stuff like Third Eye Blind and Oasis and not the best taste in music, but oldest sibling, North Dakota, no cable for even MTV. I was my music tastes were what my other dumbass North Dakota friends liked and the one station that didn't play like classic rock in or in Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> So, my options were limited. So, there was like a station that played like this and Mighty Mighty Boston's and Third Eye Blind and Verve Pipe and all those, all those classics, Sister Hazel. Uh, th- so, this, but this had a lot of swearing, which I liked at that age too. And I really liked it. Unlike a lot of those albums, though, I grew out of this one like in a year and a half where this became something I listened to and knew all the songs by heart to, Oh my god. Like the fifteen year old me was a little embarrassed of thirteen year old me. <laughs> that is all what isn't that like entirely what the teenage years are is being embarrassed by your adolescence? And like your teenage years are just being embarrassed by everything having to do with yourself until about like seventeen, eighteen you should start you should start loving yourself a little bit. That's true, but like there was other embarrassing music uh choices that I had at fifteen that I hadn't yet realized were embarrassing, like I feel like I turned on this album really quickly. I bought the second album, which is what All Star was on. And it's like a different album. It's one of those 90s bands that had a sound and then all of a sudden had a different sound. Uh, Sugar Ray is a great example of this where they were like a a shitty hard rock, uh, hardcore band. Uh, not really, but that's what they were trying to be. And then they had one soft song fly and then all their albums were like generic pop. And Smash Mouth was kind of like that too, except that... I feel like Walking on the Sun, uh, their hit from this album, fits with the rest of the album, but then they still became a different band. Like, they weren't chasing their hit. They just became a different band for every other album. And Which I, is kind of charming that they didn't just, like, make more 60s pop. Yeah. The other thing I'll say about this, because I do, I'm very excited to hear your general thoughts. This movie, or sorry, this movie, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in default mode. Uh, <laughs> so... One thing that's been very popular and been posted is is how uh, Smash Mouth's Twitter account is run, which is basically all these people make jokes about Smash Mouth because they are a punchline. And it's jokes like about how they're a one-hit wonder that's associated with this Shrek podcast. And there's been all these great like things on Deadspan and other websites where someone was like, hey, you know, whoever runs the Smash Mouth account is responding to hundreds of these people – who are making the same joke to set the record straight. So when they say you're a one-hit wonder, they respond back unironically like, actually, we had nine USA top uh, ten hits and blah, blah, blah. And then if they say you just got popular because of Shrek, they'll be like, well, actually, uh, All-Star was a hit well before Shrek came out. And like it's like – it's a very like sad and depressing account. And if you listen to this album, I don't know how you cannot come to the conclusion – that the lead singer is actually running that account because the the person who is writing these songs is the type of person who would spend their entire life correcting people's misconceptions of how popular their band was on Twitter. So I'm excited to hear what you think of this. I have a few questions on songs. I want to get into it. Peter, what did you think of Fushu Man? So like, let's get one thing out of the way. The title is racist. Did, I'll tell you what, is, I did not even get it until you said that on text like two hours ago that they were trying to say like, fuck you, man, in a, I'm assuming a Hispanic accent, because the, 
It's one of those things where it's I a just Scarface thing. It's it is them like uh, uh, mouthing uh, El Pacino saying uh, "fuck you, man" in yep. a bad Cuban accent. So it's like th- it's like three D chess racism. It's like a Matrioska doll of racism because it also has uh, Fushiu Mang written on the cover in uh, Chinese script. Yeah. Like, like yeah. which so it's like it's <laughs> like it was inspired by a racist idea of what a Cuban was, and then they looked at it and they're like, oh, it also reminds me of one of those Chinese people. Oh yeah, so let's yeah, use that. And it's racism within racism. I mean, they do from a band that does an entire song in a bad Italian accent, uh, <laughs> which if anything should be near and dear to our heart. Uh, yeah, but I didn't. I didn't get it till you said it. Like it made complete sense once you're like, oh, that's racist, and I thought about it for a sec. I knew that album title at such a young age that I was just like, oh yeah, that's just the name of a Smash Mouth album. Doubling back, yeah. I don't think if I had to read into the intentions of somebody, I don't think that twenty years later. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Harwell is racist. No. Uh, I think that Steve Harwell is a goof who loves his fans, is kind of defensive of his fans to a fault. Like, I think a lot of artists suffer from that, especially you should not hand anybody over 35 a Twitter account and be like, you're representing your brand. Like, you just don't do that because embarrassing shit is going to come out. Uh, they might become a president. Who knows? Um <laughs> But do you think? But you see why I think Steve Harwell is running those twi- that Twitter account from these yes, songs. Yes, one hundred percent, dude. He's like so enthusiastic about his band, but he also knows that they just make like dumb party music. Like that's his perspective. Like we make like dumb fun party music, and like you don't want to dance, but you will. Which is like honestly to me. A pretty charming uh, state of mind to, to have about your own band is like, like, yeah, we just make music. It's like fun to jump around to dance to and drink to like that's like a fun, a fun thing rather than like I prefer that well over people who tell me that like, you know, Dave Matthews like, you know, I know he just makes like it's really deep what he's saying about like love and romance. Like, did you know that he was addicted to drugs for a long time? Like he's been fighting the demons for a long time. Like I would much prefer a dude who's just like. Uh, yeah, guess what, guys? People bought the album. People want to have fun to our music. Like, you might be embarrassed by it, but people bought the album. Okay. I prefer that. Okay, so we, we have a different theory of why I think Steve Harwell is running the Twitter account, and I I think it's because all of these songs are sort of, like, supposed to be bouncy and snotty, and they are from a music standpoint, And but every single one of these songs, I think, underlines a very, like, sad individual who is unhappy with their their lives and is trying to put on a show that fooled me at 13 and doesn't fool me at 34 and there's there's some very oh, his brand is party boy his brand is party boy but these are very depressing Can you say that one more time for me his brand is party boy <laughs> <laughs> maybe that should be our slogan like we love to watch network our brand is party boy <laughs> sorry Sorry. It's fine. Sorry, I'm still giggling. But uh but these but these songs are like I don't know how close you listen to the lyrics, but I I did. I I knew the lyrics pretty well by heart. These songs are remarkably they're remarkably depressing. <laughs> like they are. They are. And they're not they even this, this, they're not even fun. They're just like they're they're very much like uh, nobody likes me, everybody hates me. I guess I'll go eat worms. Uh, but but try to dress up in like a facade of but I'm, it's fun, life sucks, but it's great. 
And that, that facade is, I think he believed it at the time. That's why I think he's running the Twitter account because those responses when you read them are like someone who's like trying to play it off all chill. Like, yeah, well, you know, we were actually doing this stuff, but comes across as like a very sad person trying to correct people making easy jokes on the internet. Yeah, so uh, let's get one thing out of the way. I think the album sucks. But but like how much? About the album is, is the thing about the album is that it's such such a I think it I think it three fourths sucks. Okay. It does not one hundred percent suck. It's got some catchy. So I did. I should say okay. we don't need to do this. I I re-listened to it a couple times because I re-listened to it for the first time since I was probably fifteen a year ago. And when we were first coming up with ideas for the podcast, I knew I wanted to talk about it because it it sounded like I was listening to a different album. It's like it's like if my parents had heard this when I was fourteen, they would have heard what I'm hearing now, which is such a weird thing to be able to do with an album that you used to listen to at that age. So, but so I did re-listen. So I listened to it about a year ago for the first time in 15, 16, 17 years, and I re-listened to it a couple times. So this isn't one of those ones where I'm just hearing from you. I have a pretty good recent recollection of it. So my uh, going through it song by song in particular, uh, pausing between songs and re-listening the songs as well. Uh, the general sense I got from this is that it's fun when it's it's fun when it's sort of this like earnestly dorky sort of like bouncy like let's just make good like ska music and not good but you know what i mean let's make <laughs> as good ska as music. Ca- catchy let's go catchy yes. instead of good catchy ska music or like uh, let's make some like oh i heard this really great 60s song let's make something that's kind of like that and like a little bit of swing music in it uh he's got like nostalgia like it's it's a pastiche of a lot of different styles uh because i think the thing the other weird thing about like uh, Smash Mouth that's made them so elusive and funny to follow and to make jokes about is that they're like not it like Green Day is fun to make fun of because like they're just like they're they put out an album that was just like yeah George Bush what an idiot right like and they did that like eight years too late and then uh, they put out and then they're like you're, you're talking uh, about the other one because I actually love American Idiot came out like right before the 2004 election and yeah, I was, it is a terrible album. Oh my um, god! So I, I love. I have listened. I have not listened to that or any Green Day. That was like my apex of Green Day. But but I like my that. point is that Green Day is very easy for me to make fun of uh, because it's sort of this like like yeah we're so punky we're so edgy and you're like you're saying stuff that progressives were saying like 30 years ago. Like there's nothing edgy about you. And like, that's kind of easy to make fun of. Right. Now also like stuff like Hoobastank or Nickelback are easy to make fun of. Cause they're like, they're terrible. Just feel so many feelings. Yeah. And then you're like, but you feel the same thing we all feel every day. And I didn't make a sh- shitty rock album about it with smash mouth. It's kind of hard to pin down because they just cross so many weird pastiche styles, but it all sounds extremely late nineties. It's like, Every style that was popular in the late 90s. So it's got like an Austin Powers 2 spy who shagged me like 60s infused thing. And it's also got like a part ska party tone and like, oh, yeah, we're, we're punks. We love to rock like that sort of bullshitty stuff. Yeah, they definitely went more for like covers and party songs on their second album, Astro Lounge. Like they stopped swearing. They kind of like are like, hey, we're a fun party band. Let's be more family friendly and let's. Whatever semblance of an edge that we have, <laughs> let's yeah. sand that all the way down. And we're going to do monkeys covers. And you know what? Look, the best song in this album is is Why Can't We Be Friends cover at the very end, which, again, 
amazingly fits with the whole theme of of their album, which is everything's terrible and people are mean to me. Uh, so it they picked a good cover that like works thematically. Uh, but also, like, that's a good song, and they do an acceptable version. I think that fits with my the brand that they're putting out, which is supposed to be sort of like, like yeah, man, you might think I'm kind of a douche, but if you party with me for a little bit, like we'll be best friends. And like Smash Mouth has become a meme, and it's still funny to me. Who's who's being actively fought against by the, the Smash Mouth Twitter account? <laughs> yes, yes, and, and like which is so funny because to me, I'm like, holy shit, like. After the Neil Cicciarega albums, the Mouth Sounds albums, and the Mouth Silence album, I would honestly maybe go see Smash Mouth if they were playing for like 15 bucks down the street because I get so much joy out of how Neil Cicerega has torn apart these songs and like reworked them. Like that All-Star is now in some part of my brain, All-Star is, which is not in this album, is a good song. In my brain, somewhere, I get joy out of All-Star because of Neil Cicerega. So the idea that the lead singer of of the band, Steve Harwell, who's probably running that Twitter account, allegedly. I, uh, I don't know how he, you can not think that he's run. Like, all you need to do is listen to this album. You'll go, oh, he is totally running that Twitter account. So the idea that he doesn't want to run that that meme and like let it ride is insane to me because the meme is what makes this all tolerable because before it was just this like awful party music and then the meme made it funny because it was just like it pointed out how dumb this stuff was to its core and we can get i'd love to get into i, I want to I, I do want to get into the songs i will say though that i think that actually fits perfectly with with the person that steve harwell projects in these songs because he is someone who clearly from these songs has a sense of humor but he does not have a sense of humor about himself just based on the lyrics to these songs that fits with someone who currently instead of like embracing the ironic appreciation of of smash mouth that has occurred and like leaning into it for ticket sales he is actively fighting against being seen himself as sort of a joke and that is the same person who wrote these songs as well because he he makes jokes but he's very like the the lyrics to these songs are are not ever about him and he always portrays himself as the victim of other people's shit which then he laughs off so yeah, let's absolutely get into the songs, but that's why I think it all kind of it all fits together my grand Smash Mouth conspiracy theory uh, that works. he's actually a sad a sad man that can't get over the fact that everyone's laughing at him every day that his he gets mentioned. I yeah, because I think he was like that's fair. It, I mean, like, it, it, it sounds it sounds mean, but like these songs are about someone who desperately wants to be taken seriously and be loved and be respected, like. So there's like there's a very the sad core. So I'm not even necessarily like what an idiot, but he is clearly I feel like someone who who does that. And now he is a his band was cool. Like in '97 when this album came out, in '99 like general populace Smash Mouth was cool, and they have become like 
not a hate joke, but a, just a joke joke. And I feel like he is fighting – someone someone who runs that Twitter account is fighting against that desperately. And considering Steve Harwell wrote all the lyrics to these songs, I think that's like case closed. Anyway. So, he, here's the other thing. Case closed. <laughs> Close the book on um, executive producer Dick Wolf. I get all that. But the thing that he misses in all of this music to add to that case is – that ska music is fun very often, or was fun very often. And, and to keep in mind, I liked ska when I was a kid, and I like listening to these albums in a sort of nostalgic thing. If, like, a, a hipster band came out and was like, I'm going to make a ska album, I'd be like, I really don't care about anything you're doing. I'd rather listen to this album ten times than any Sublime album once. Yes, and <laughs> would you rather listen to swing music from the 40s or 50s or from the 90s revival of swing music? Ooh, that's a tough question. I mean, I probably would pick would... the 90s one just because I'm more familiar with it. Oh, I thought that was a slam dunk for, like, I'd rather listen to, like, the 40s stuff. Because, like, at least that was, like... <laughs> that, that actually is what I was leaning towards, but... Style, instead of, like, leaning for this, like... You're hunting for this, like, this uh, ephemeral... Uh, style that, like at the time like <laughs> they were just at the time there was just like a set of instruments they had and they there was like a, a feeling in the air and and then they're like we need to listen to these same six records and make ourselves sound exactly like that i think you're pro- like you convinced me i think i thought it was a trick question or a quiz and i tried to like it was just my opinion it wasn't it it wasn't a trick question <laughs> you're allowed to you're allowed to have whatever opinion hey sometimes i want to have a zoot suit riot riot zoot riot <laughs> And you love your Lubegas. I don't um, know if that counts. Little uh, cherry popping no, daddies. Uh, well, that's more of a mambo. A mambo number one, two, three, all the way to five. Uh, no higher. Uh, don't so even get out the fuck out of here with number six. So uh, my point is that the fun part of ska music was this sort of like, hey, like we're not like hardcore punks. We've got, like, a fucking trumpeteer in our band. Like, we're just dorks. Like, let's have some fun. Yeah. Like, making fun of themselves actively in the lyrics. Like, even some of the lyrics would be like, oh, shit, we're we're white kids making reggae-inspired music. Yeah. Making ska music. And, like, so, like, ska was most fun when it was, like, white dudes making fun of themselves. And as soon as it it becomes sort of like, you got to take us seriously, it's like, I didn't ever, ever. So, anyway, so let's get let's get to the songs. So, do you so want like, do you want to do this? Off, do you want to do this where I ask you like, what was your favorite song? What was your least favorite song? Or do you want to just go go through the songs and give general thoughts? Let's go through the songs because I don't think every song is worth talking about in individual. <laughs> but let's start with the first song, Flow. Let me count In case of an emergency But you keep reassuring me Tell me 
so, I'm not even looking whoa. at a song list. Uh, it's got some fun licks. It's got a weird message that might be pro-lesbian. I, I don't know. And it's basically, from, to my, from my perspective, it sounded like, which is kind of like reading tea leaves in a can of Arnold Palmer or something. Like, <laughs> you just can't. There's no, there's no kind of point. But uh, he stole a girl from a lesbian and wants to give her back because uh, the, the girl that he stole is sad now. And and Flo should take her back. Is that or or it's bisexual? That's absolutely what the song's about. Like, so I think you could almost listen to it kind of as progressive. I think Flo's a lesbian, but the girl that he started dating is a bisexual. Is bisexual. Yeah. So the but it's one of those it's a like, chasing Amy thing. It's a chasing Amy thing, but it's one of those '90s songs that's like too clever by half. Where you, it's called Flo instead of Florence, which they eventually say that like. Uh, you know, Flo, if you're listening, come and get your girlfriend back. She's been calling out your name. And I, you know, it's kind of a, hey, my girlfriend is still thinking about her ex. And Shyamalan twist. Like, it's that. Yeah. It's like you're supposed to go, oh, I assumed that Flo was a man. And I am uh, I am a sexist or, a, you know, I am a bigot for think for not thinking of non-straight relationships. So it's kind of it's kind of doing that. It's a bad name, though. And Flo is all, almost always a girl's name. I, I Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think of it as a man ever. I did. So maybe this is more about me at age 13. And then, like, at some <laughs> point I'm like, oh. What? I, think they were try- I, think they, I think they were trying to be clever, though. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they, maybe they weren't. So, uh, yeah, the, the song, I don't get what's going on there. But it's kind of like a fun, riffy, like. It's a good start to an album. Like, it, I like when the beat drops out for a sec. Like it's got it's got a good hook, bad yeah, song. It's, it's a bad song, but it like it's it's fun. It's fun. It's it's harmless, is what I should say. Yeah, I don't think any. I I I don't mean to speak for uh, LGBT women, but uh, I don't anticipate this being a song that would offend any of them. No, um, it's treating it as uh, not out of the ordinary, which wasn't always. Um, Prevalent in, in 1996 or 7. Yes. And it's, it's a Chasing Amy thing where, like, you're almost too excited about gay relationships. If you're on their side, just stand up against prejudice. Like, you don't have to, like, make a song about how, like, it's like lesbians are better at sex than I am. Like, what? It's such a yeah. weird way to kick off your album. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it doesn't, it doesn't get much better than the next song, which I also think is super catchy, but is a lot more offensive in that, like, Way that no one probably – no one that listened to this – I shouldn't say no one. But a lot of people that listened to this in the 90s probably wouldn't have not thought it was offensive. But it's – I actually think it's really catchy, especially the chorus. Beer goggles? Beer goggles. I don't love you, but I want to. Just give me something I can't hold on to. Come on, baby, you speak to me. Here's my number on a cocktail mannequin. Think about it like a loaded weapon. Cocktail I'm a red point, that thing in me. Why don't you call? Why don't you call? Why don't you call? Kill me for the bit of it all. I want someone, anyone. Draw one, short one, skinny ones. I want someone, anyone. You spent your night 
just him going like, give me a fat chick, I don't care, I'll fuck anything right now. <laughs> like, he actually lists, he actually lists, uh, like, I want short ones, tall ones, fat ones, skinny ones, like, I want someone, anyone. And then his, like, his, like, go-to, like, the worst thing you can think of on, like, the last version of that chorus is, uh, even goes with chicken pox. <laughs> like, what? That's, oh, oh, that's so gross. Yeah, um, that's like your worst thing is like even oh it's chicks even chicks yeah. with chicken pox and it's like uh it was like him trying to half rhyme but he's like but i don't have to rhyme because i'm a white rapper i could just like remix what words mean and what words don't mean it's so weird too because it's like if it wasn't called beer goggles and they removed some references to alcohol it would just be a song uh, a funny song about a lonely dude very lonely it's like i will take anyone that has sex with me have you seen me I didn't even put myself on the cover of my own album. I put our bassist like, yeah. But this is, I think, I think that line like even girls with chicken pox or even chicks with chicken pox is a great example of what Smash Mouth finds funny, which is that idea of like, oh, I'd even have sex with a girl with chicken pox. Chicken pox. No one even gets that like anymore. Like, I think their their attempt to be funny and like is bad, but they're trying. Yes, they're it's trying. not funny. They're not funny. But it's like. It's a it's a goofy fun song. It has not taken. I will tell you exactly the track where all my goodwill started us at from the album. Oh, I can't wait! Uh, I, I want to know if it's the same one. So let's keep going. So walking on the sun, everyone's heard it. Fine. I like walking. As I, I do too. It's the best best song in the album. Okay, I go. I, think, I go with I "Why think, Can't We Be Friends," but this, I'd say, it's, I'd I say think, it's a close second. Okay, so uh, I know this isn't a good way to engage with music criticism, but the idea, but we're not real music critics. No. Uh, that's why we don't or have a song called "We Love to Listen." Um, so <laughs> I'd like to make that song, though, Peter. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Yes. We love to listen in the style we of Smash Mouth's beer goggles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love to listen to Loud Ones Gaming. <laughs> it ain't no joke. I like to listen to listen podcasts. To <laughs> Might as well be listening to podcasts. Might as well subscribe <laughs> on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so the the the, the fucking uh organ music or whatever they're doing my mom um, i remember my mom hearing this and was like is this from the like this is such a mom thing to say in 1997 but like she's like oh is this the doors <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because the doors are a band that i hate i hate they have a great organist yeah who kicks so much ass it's very uh, doorsy sure but he- steve harwell sounds nothing like jim morrison yes exactly but this ain't no joke um that should be the, the tagline for the show this ain't no joke. It's so funny how like somebody once told became a meme, but not this ain't no joke. And then the next and line, it, no one ever talks about, which is I'd like to buy the world a toke. Yeah, exactly. That's because marijuana. That's not right. No, 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 uh, no, 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 Peter. He's saying don't do crack, smoke pot. Yes. Yeah, so that's okay. the weird thing about the song is is at first it's about. Uh, 
he's like so bummed that hippie culture faded away and that like now it's like it doesn't mean anything to anymore and it's just like a, a joke and uh well this ain't no joke let's clarify uh and then at the end he's like he's like hey guess what guys in 1997 don't smoke crack like he should have moved on to meth by then if you're gonna speak about something like the crack epidemic it was like a decade past its peak well maybe like, obviously people were still smoking crack maybe but. everyone listened to him and they put away the crack before the crack put them away <laughs> That's that's true. He was the reason the Krakademic epidemic. That's not really. even like a pun. I don't know what that is. Like it's clearly supposed to be something. This it's, sounds court ordered. Put away the like crack before the fucking crack. But it, it feels like it's supposed to be a clever line where, like, put away the crack before the crack. Like, because it's I guess put away the crack before. I guess that's what he's saying. Put is away the crack before the crack. Is that how it goes? No, it's put away the crack. Bef- it's like in the bridge, so it's oh, a different, okay, different, okay. different speed. Um, re- you need to be right? there when your daughter's old enough to be late. <laughs> I think it's yes, late, and what, oh, which is like Mister Period. I don't know. Like you need to, you need to not die from crack so that you could be there when your teenage daughter gets pregnant. Um, uh, yeah, so that's a weird thing. There's a few. There's a lot of. Okay, so this is the the. This like ugly. Okay, wait. We'll we'll get we'll get to it. Let's album. go to the this next. Is song. Ugly the corner. To, hold on. This is the ugly corner of the whole album. We're gonna get there when we get is, to nervous in the alley. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Which, which is, is like trying to be a socially conscious yep. thing. Yep. And I do not know why he decided that it was his job as uh. What, what was it again? The party fun boy. Our the, brand is party fun boy. Uh, he's a party boy in a party <laughs> world. Um, our brand is party. Uh, when he decided that his when brand he decided his party, party boy, but it's like yeah, it's it, half of the songs are like I can't get anyone to fuck me, and the other, the other, <laughs> the other half are like oh, teenage prostitution, man. <laughs> Those don't so, exist well next to each other. They don't. So I'm not saying that the album gets bad after this, after Walking in the Sun. But I am saying that this is when I started sour on the album. The next song is is not the worst. It's not the worst one on the album for me, but it is the dumbest. I think. Lately, I've been thinking about the past, about the good times, and have they all come and gone? And are there more years behind than ahead? Then I'll. Let's Rock is one of the worst songs I've ever heard. It does the thing that's very annoying and it seems designed only to piss off uh, suburban parents, which is that it's like quiet and chill and then it gets really loud for, for 15 seconds and then it gets quiet. But it does something that pisses me off as a person way more than any of that. It's not that it interrupted me while I was shopping at Pacific Sunwear or whatever the hell was happening in 1997. Uh, I was six. I'm, I'm at Suncoast. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was. It would be Suncoast for sure, for sure. It's that I despise songs. I love Joan Jett, but I despise songs about rock and roll. 
Like uh, any song that's about how. What about rock and roll by the Velvet how, Underground? That's the only good one, and that's because it was the first one. Okay. Everything has everything's good at first. I don't know if this is so much about rock and roll as someone who's afraid to be alone with his thoughts for too long. Uh, his <laughs> his dumb dumb thoughts. I just fucking hate songs about rock and roll where they're like, yeah, man, like, I just fucking love rock. Like, it's this, like... But I don't think it's, it's that. It's just like, him talking about, like, whether aliens exist, and then he, like, stops and's like, fuck it, let's rock. Let's rock! Yeah. Like, it's it's actually more about, like, it's like he wrote down his dumbest high thoughts that everyone has ever had. Like, not, like, the, the dumbest that have ever been had, but, like, the ones that, like, they're not funny or clever or like interesting and i love her it's like maybe we're all aliens and robots oh okay yeah everyone thinks that when they do pot at some point fuck it let's rock yeah like i i kind of your, your defense of it kind of turns me around that it's not just a let's rock song or i love rock and roll or any of that bullshit it's actually just uh he was making fun of uh the way that uh, and I'm giving him way too much credit here. He's not making he's fun of making it. Fun of the, way, the way that like uh, these these dumb like uh, stoner inspired bands in the late '90s would be like throw out some like nonsense hippie bullshit, and then be like, "Hey, here's the chorus you like." Yep, it's like all that except without Accidental any of satire. the irony. Yeah, without yes. any of the irony, it's just that. It's like that, and then Smash Mouth is exactly a part of that, but less clever somehow. But as someone who's painfully earnest, I'm someone who's very often painfully earnest. That's part of the reason that we lo- started We Love to Watch is that I didn't want to make another cynical-ass podcast because I was so sick of that co- that format. I get a lot of joy from this from this album, but it's definitely in a mean way. <laughs> yes, this album is, is everything that I'm I'm saying about the album is laughing specifically at Steve Harwell. Yeah, yeah. So even even that like even the fuck it let's rock song where he's just talking about maybe we're humans and robots and other dumb shit like that. At his, the bridge to that song is uh, what if someone takes my chick? What if she walks away? Will I be blue? Nope, because I'll know what to do. <laughs> like even even in his dumb song, he's like, oh, but I should probably say that women hate me. Because I haven't yeah. haven't said that like right before this was walking on the sun, maybe between that song they forgot about beer goggles where no one will fuck me or the song before that where my girlfriend's leaving me. Um, so I better I better include it somewhere in here because the next song, which I think is the worst song on the album and also the saddest song on the album. And uh, their longest song on the album, and I would actually put this up there for maybe. Worst song of all time. Neighbor called my landlord, said that she was pissed. Up all night, making a noise, and she can't get no rest. She said we was running a flop house, full of thieves and thugs. Musicians and hula guns, and we were all on drugs. She got bad, she raised the rent, said it will only take one more. Phone call from my whiny neighbor. It's pointless. It's really bad and it's pointless and all you do is listen to this and sympathize with the neighbor that he's talking about. It is a song about being evicted, but it's not like a a cool Ramones, like, we don't care, we're going away. He clearly cares what his neighbor thinks. He clearly is upset about this. He's like the guy that, that keeps doing the dumb thing and they keep saying, look, this is my place, you can't do this. 
And he's like, Ugh, everyone's just so mean to me. Life's against me, man. It's like, you're having drug parties at six in the morning in a residential neighborhood. What is your problem? Just stop. <laughs> uh, maybe someday when I'm fat and old and bald, I'll ruin everyone's fun, too. Like, it's that type of, like, annoying. The song goes on for four minutes. The end of the song is him... Like, they have, like, a freakout in the song, and it's because he, the landlord finally gives him his 30-day eviction notice. And he's like, um, I guess, like, that, it's, it's, it's the weirdest, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, if you're, if you don't listen to any song on here, listen to this whole song, because everything about this song is misguided and depressing, and the music's terrible, and the chorus, it, it's like someone trying so hard to get back to be like, I'm going to be a big rock star. And that neighbor who complained about me because I kept having those parties while they were trying to go to sleep. I'm going to get back at them so hard. And then like f- failing so miserably at it and making themselves look like the worst. I didn't like the song. Yes, this is this is exactly uh, I, I can tell. Uh, I didn't like the exactly song when I was 13 right. either. Like it this sounded exactly sad to me. Is. All right, so on one hand, it sounds very childish. It sounds like you're like a, a fucking person that has no common decency for other people. And you're like, man, I fucking hate whiny neighbors. And like, So you hate when people like want to go to sleep. Is that why you, you hate whiny neighbors? And on the other hand, you're like, oh, man, this is like Breaking Bad. Like he doesn't realize that he's the villain. Yeah, and he, so much so that even in the lyrics to this song, like he's not playing a character. He, this is clearly Steve Harwell's thoughts but he says like he he chastises the neighbor for accusing of him of just trying to enjoy life and then say that they're running a flop house and then later like one of the cor- one of the courses is uh no more flop house no more fun which is kind of like wait weren't you pissed off at the neighbor for a cute like i don't think this song is clever enough because it's not it like murdered clever in its sleep and like killed all the children it is so, like, lacking any sort of uh, intelligence in the lyrics. But it almost feels like it contradicts itself in the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it feels like he's fully committed, though, in a way that the previous songs did not feel fully committed. He's fully committed, which is a, a real bullshit after the previous album, So the previous songs on the album, because you could just be like, oh, this is like another one of his jokey songs where he's like, he's like, yeah, like, doesn't it suck when? Well, yeah, I guess I'm kind of an asshole. And this song, The Neighbor is just an asshole. The Neighbor's an asshole, but clearly he's the asshole. Like, there's that line where he says. He's the real asshole, yeah. Where, like, after complaining a bunch of times, he gets another complaint from the neighbor. And, like, th- these are the lyrics to a song. I gotta stress this. It sounds like just an asshole describing something that happened, which is what the song is. But the lyrics to the song are, uh, maybe if the neighbor would have just come over and talked it over, uh, things would be fine, but I couldn't expect her to get off her fat ass. So she complains, like, maybe she didn't want to go and hang out with fucking Smash Mouth for the 50th time to tell you guys to shut the fuck up. Yes, yes, like, seriously, like... The reason that people are complaining might be because you uh, have wild drug parties all night and move to the countryside. And also, someone at your party... (laughs) Move somewhere else. Also, someone at your party keeps playing Smash Mouth songs, and they are not good. They are not bueno. That'd be awesome if she's just like, 
Yeah, like, I'd be fine if you play, like, grunge music or, like, good ska music, but, like, whatever this is, just not <laughs> yeah. into it at... That'd be great if, like, that would be perfect if he she just was like, no, I love music. I don't know what this is. Uh, <laughs> uh, no more flop house. Maybe I'm gonna See, be old and fat and bald. Like these are actual lyrics. See, that like, would make it charming. Is that at the end of the song you find out, like, oh yeah, we were playing. We play all these house parties for friends, and they just hate our music. Like that would be that would be totally Scott. That would be funny and self conscious and like make and self deprecating. All right. So the next song is the Fonz, which. Attempted a hit off this album that didn't. Uh, that yeah, didn't, I have no thoughts on the fonts. Uh, it's it's about how uh, if you kill yourself, you are the coolest person. Nice, Did nice, you, nice, nice. Yeah, you don't know this because it's just talking about how you're cool if you're the fonts. Uh, and but the best way, like the way that people, the most people will talk about you is if you kill yourself. I think it's supposed to be a warning that does a terrible job of that. Uh, pet names. Just when I thought everything would be okay Just when I started to believe that everything was going my way Out came the cloud from under my feet Crashing back down to reality You used to call me pumpkin, now I'm Halloween Remember when I used to be a jelly bean You used to call me struggles and shit like that Now you're after me with a baseball bat I remember when I used to be the king Your honey's Which thirteen-year-old Aaron's favorite song on this album? This is this feels like a proto Limp Bizkit song. I put it with Heave Ho with with uh, it's this sort of like whiny straight ahead like oh man don't you hate it when kind of music oh yeah no uh, and I I put it with Heave Ho where it's like man I hate when my neighbors complain and this one's like I hate when my girlfriends are all dumb around me like trying to give me a pet name oh no that's not what he's saying. It's actually worse. So this was my favorite song based on uh, the the style. Like it was like fast. It sounds different than oh, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Way more fun than Hefo. Hefo's not fun. No, it's it's catchy and it's quick and it's like someone repeating a list of stuff really quick, which can get catchy. So what he's actually saying is not complaining that his girlfriend gave him all these pet names. Uh, what he's saying is that his girlfriend left him. And she used to call him pet names, but now he's just X. My, her only name, her only nickname for me now is uh, is X. Your X. <laughs> um, and he doesn't. He thinks that's he's complaining the idea that someone could like break up with him and move on, and saying, "How could I be all this stuff to you one day, and now I'm just your X?" And then like he chastises the girl. And says, like, whoever you're with right now, he thinks he's, you know, a uh, cuddle butt and blah, blah, blah. And someday he's also going to be your ex. 
it's that worst kind of like because you broke up with me regardless of anything you're a terrible person it's it's garbage but it's also like perfect 13 year old music for like no one will sleep with me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i guess i guess i would turn around on this one because like when i listened to but when i listened to it all i heard was and i listened to it twice all i heard was like kind of like it's really fast which i like doesn't it suck that like i don't know i i kind of just generally don't like this album when it thinks (laughs) it's hardcore um that's part of the reason i don't like the a lot of the parts of Let's Rock is like they go like an, a few steps past where I think the sort of like fun, frivolous rock music should go. But like you like I need to feel something. Otherwise, this actually does just sound like noise. Like I turn into my mom when you do this to me. Like I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like if it's just if, if I think you're really dumb and then you play music really loud, I'm like, oh, God, turn it the fuck down. If I think you're like kind of a brilliant poet i'm like i'm like yeah blow it up opeth like let's get it going yeah let me so let me read these lyrics very quick and then we'll move on so it's like this is just a section of the song like you used to call me names too cute to repeat like honey bunch harry berry and piccolo pete gucci gucci goo gaga shit like that now you're after me screaming dirty rat you dirty rad i don't remember applying for a name change so why is it you're calling me mr deranged psychopathic pornographic stinking drunk failing fast lying ass worthless punk so he's like used to call me all these nice names and now you're calling me names that reflect very poorly on steve harwell not like if if she's calling you a a pornographic stinking drunk and mr deranged and a psychopath and she left you it is possible that you are all of those things. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, those would all hold water. I'm taking the girl side on this one. Yeah. So the next one is, do you want to tell people what – it feels like a song that people won't believe us even though it's Smash Mouth. Uh, Padrino? Do you want to, yes, Padrino. Do you want to describe what that song is trying to do? Everyone knows that crime doesn't pay. It doesn't pay the taxes anyway. Padrino is uh, a Mexican style sort of like uh, – he probably heard Mexican uh, rock music on the radio a couple times. And then he was like, I'm going to do a Mexican style rock song in our ska style and I'm going to do it with an offensive accent. It's like he watched maybe just The Godfather Part 3 but nothing else and was like, man, the mob is crazy. You can't even write a song about them or they'll kill you. And like his response is, oh, yeah, well, Smash Mouth doesn't play by their rules. <laughs> like, I don't know, because he's really saying like, it's like, what is it like the worst stereotypes of like pack up the, you know, Joppa and we'll make the marinara sauce or something. like it's not even I feel like skin level. That's not even it, accurate it's, racism. It's an insult to skin level like observations about the mob. Yes. Let's yes, go to Nicoletti's because yes. they make a mean spaghetti sauce. <laughs> um, it is. I'm a man of respect. 
and I deserve to be addressed as Padrino. <laughs> and then there's and then Padrino. the and then the bridge is him saying like you can get in trouble writing songs about the mob. Then it's him breaking character and saying about how brave Smash Mouth is for writing this song. If this is the point in this uh, this is the point in the podcast where I admit that I was a little drunk when we were recording it, and I just said Mexican earlier when I'm not Italian, which makes me the secret racist of this whole album. Uh, not necessarily because I think their their accent verges on all uh, stereotypical accents. It, 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 at first, when I heard it, I was like, I was like, this is like an Italian thing, and then I heard the Padrino, and I was thinking of like Mexican rock music I had heard. Now I'm I'm like, oh, it was an Italian thing. Yeah. Um, Regardless, so it's like a softer racism now. But again, who who stops a song to congratulate their like they're playing the song in character as the Padrino as the mob boss, and then it's like it's like it's like our joke accents on We Love to Watch, but like but like it's like if he's I performing it at forty shows a year, but yeah, it's like but we know they're terrible, and like part of the joke is, but he's like it's like if, if we really were like oh oh look at me uh, I'm a mob boss uh pizza pie uh shooting things uh let's go this place because I like a spaghetti sauce, and we were like and then in the middle of that. We took a serious time out to be like, guys, we're making fun of Italian accents right now. How brave are we to to do that uh, when – because the mob is, is, is killers who even at just mentioning that they might like spaghetti sauce or a pizza pie, they'll kill us. So the – they, they do love the pizza pie. That is true. And they will respect you for the accuracy. No, but he's saying like it's dangerous. Like it's, it's like if we were like, yeah, pizza pie and like – we're probably going to die. Mob doesn't take kindly to us saying it like that. Like that. It's so weird. Uh, anyway. So I think – so we talked about Why Can't We Be Friends, which is the last song. Uh, I think Push and Disconnect the Dots, which are the two songs before that, are like bland and boring and exactly the type of songs you put near the end of your album. Dis- yeah. Disconnect the Dots is like uh, – hey, hey, it's like a friend gets broken up with and he's like – Hey buddy, like fuck her. Let's let's get up back on your feet. Like let's let's go. Uh, you know, let's let's move things along. Like you know, get back to your thing. Which is like, yeah, it's a song that like it's a sentiment that no one really needs. But like apparently, some people in 1997 needed it. Like yeah, that, I, I feel it like pushed with my idea of what I want this band to be, which is like sweetly earnest and stupid. Yeah, and I feel like push is the same way where it's like him complaining. That people are mean to him, but there's nothing like particularly interesting, and there's nothing. There's not even a catchy riff. It's like it's it's bland. The the definition of filler. Uh, so let's end up talking about nervous in the alley. She's fifteen and she's leaving home, living on the streets where she don't feel alone. Daddy's always gone and mommy's on the sauce. Living in a mansion, it's easy to get lost. She's going to a place where they understand. Baby on the way home's a garbage can. Who said anything about a good life? This was bad. Which is a weird song and that I think it may be the catchiest music riffs on the album. Or at least at the very least the catchiest chorus. I think if you like don't listen to the lyrics, the Conco again, just another Nessa to an ever like the, I think I think that's catchy. 
But the song- it's like when my mom would hear shit on the radio. My mom, who has a pretty decent taste in music for a woman uh, who's a grandmother, <laughs> yeah, uh, she's pretty good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut out that. for a grandmother, so you just sound like a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's pretty good taste in, in in music for a grandmother, and I think uh, better taste in music than a lot of people I know. Uh, and I remember her one day, she was listening to like our like indie rock station in Chicago, XRT. Yeah. And she was like, so I was loving this song by Grizzly Bear. And then I listened to it and I was like, this is really grim and depressing. Yeah. Like, it sounds like a fun summer song. It's not at all. This is a song like that. You could easily. If you didn't hear any lyric, it's just, uh, 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 da, na, 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 na. like it, it kind of like, it feels like a fun party song. But this is like the most sublimey lyric song where it's about a 15 year old prostitute who has to go turn tricks in the alley for drugs. And the refrain is like, like that happy, upbeat, like chorus is about like, basically she blew another guy again and this is just the never ending story and now she's fucked up on drugs again. Um, and like, I wish she'd learn her lesson. Yeah. So <laughs> what the fuck is- why does this, why does this album, why is this on this album? Ask- <laughs> why does this turn into go ask Alice? Like why? I am at a loss of this song. And they also like the Fonz, which is about is a poorly communicated attempt to talk about suicide, at least has the fucking understanding to like have the music match the subject matter. Again, it's all done poorly. The music's bad. It's it doesn't communicate its message well, but it's like trying to do like an Elton John. I think I'm going to kill myself, but it's doing it really poorly. Like, the way to get yes. attention is to kill yourself. And, but at least the music has the sense to, like, slow down a little and not be, like, a fun party song. This is, like, grimmer than that. It's about a fucking 15-year-old turning tricks for drugs. And there's no hope at any point in the song. And it is maybe the most upbeat, catchy chorus on the album. Yeah, it's not really subversive because you feel like they're, like, almost excited about bringing you these tales of depravity. Uh, yeah, anytime you try to add, like, like a, more than one level to Smash Mouth, you're wrong. <laughs> like, yes, and he, yes, yes. <laughs> he he sounds like, it reminds me of uh, Hell Houses, where you're like, they're a little too excited to have, like, these abortion doctors eating babies on a surgery table. Like, they're a little too excited about all this shit. The only thing I think of is maybe they were they were trying to be like, hey, how do we get people to listen to this serious message that needs to be told? No, I he must have made his albums dumber after this because like this album has weird attempts at at like uh, social commentary, even in Walking in the Sun. And I'm like, please don't do this ever again. Well, he and they did like pretty soon it was all, hey, I heard somebody say Pacific Coast Party. Like this is fundamentally different. I feel like. It's still really bad, but I feel like the album is a very different than the Smash Mouth that most people – like, when you listen to this album, was this the Smash Mouth that you expected or, like, oh, this is not what I expected at all from I'm a I'm a Believer and All-Star and Then the Morning Comes or whatever the fuck else songs that you were – like, obviously, everyone knows no. Walking on the Sun, but – No, it was not. It was not what I expected even in the slightest. Uh and in that sense, I was kind of actually like, not bummed, but I was sort of like, hey, uh, guys, can we get, can we get like something a little zippier in here? Like, uh, you're- maybe we should do Astro Lounge at some point. 
Yeah, I, I, maybe you're gonna have to yeah. blow one of your butts on this. Yeah, so yeah, my final, my final, uh, <laughs> my final thing in this is how dare you? Yeah, that's fair. Because uh, I don't want to talk about push. Um, no, because I read through the lyrics. I listened to song, push and disconnected like, dots it. are like there's nothing. It's you a backtrack. Yeah, it's a backtrack. There's no reason to talk about it. Um, so yeah, my final rating is how dare you? Because this album is bad, and you knew it was going to be bad. But but it's but bad in such an interesting way, and it's it's not to talk about why I really wanted to talk about this. Why I said it, it's not a fuck you. It's just Smash Mouth is this omnipresent joke that everyone gets. But there's like this whole other level to them that like I feel like on the Onion article like I appreciate the Muppets on a deeper level than you and I feel like having like intimate knowledge of this album that no one really knows about or listens to or talks about is like I I ironically appreciate Smash Mouth on a deeper level than you which is such a dumb thing to say <laughs> but it but I Smash Mouth is a reference point for everyone and sometimes I feel like. Sometimes I feel like I'm all alone in the fact that I have all these reference points to Smash Mouth that no one else understands. So this was more of a like, I want you to understand what I understand about this memified joke of a band. Uh, Aaron? Yeah? I appreciate – the whole reason I wanted to start this podcast with you is because I appreciate the idea of bringing someone else into your very, very small fold. It is. That's that's kind of like part of this. I mean, that's that's what friends do. And obviously, over a long time of doing another podcast and talking way before that as well, like we become friends. So it is kind of that like we have such a similar way to approach things, and uh, on a macro level, a very similar taste. That it's almost like that that good friend thing where you're like, oh, I need I need you to understand this, and that's what I feel like this was a little bit. Like I don't yes. know, you're not gonna like it. But I need you to understand this thing so that I can talk about it with you. It's also really hard in 2017 with a uh, – we have a long-distance friendship. Which we do. is a very interesting capacity because I uh, – I was going to say I'm planning a trip out to see you at some yeah. point. But that uh, that's also like – we have to fly yeah. to see each other because you're not even living near where my parents live. So no. that's just the way your friendship works. So it's especially hard for us to make each other watch something. Yeah. Like the fact that like sometimes I throw my bag down uh, in when I'm near my, my friend Ryan, who has been on uh, We Love to Watch. Uh, I'll throw my bag down near Ryan and I'll make a reference to this like weird, obscure Korean movie that's not really worth watching except for – one moment in the climax of the movie where somebody throws a bag down and you're like, oh shit, that's huge. Yeah. Like, that's that's like such a specific reference. It feels like such a small club. Like, you need to bring someone into that club. And I'm glad that you brought me into yours. My brother owned this album when I was growing up. And when I was growing up, I would skip to Walking on the Sun and then take the album out of the disc chain. I, I am looking forward to, I did not know, I should have guessed that, because obviously this, a lot of people had this album, but like no one who jokes about Smash Mouth on the internet, as far as I can tell, is aware of this album, or at least aware of all my, the stuff besides the hit. So I'm very excited. house growing up. I'm very excited. Yeah. I hope your brother was, was one of the people like me who like 
when I spent money on an album, I felt like I had a like a duty to listen to all of it and hopefully like all the songs because, you know, when you're 13 and you spend $15 on something, which is uh, $700 in today's dollars, uh, you want to appreciate it. And this one I did. Uh, so I'm, I'm really hoping when your brother listens to this, if your brother listens to this, that he's like, oh, my God, I listened to this whole thing. And yes, this was nuts. Yes. So, Aaron. Uh, oh, yeah. I so, would, would you, you would not pay it forward? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would, actually, I would. I would pay it forward in a very specific context. I want to talk about this with you on a podcast. No, yeah. I would pay. Actually, I would pay this forward. I would want one of my friends to listen to this because it is an entertaining perspective on a band that's become a meme. So, yes, I would pay it forward. I did not gain any uh, legitimate love for the band and actually might have lost some because i uh i saw because you're the fonts like, because the you are the fonts because it's i'm the fonts and i don't do songs about suicide eh? <laughs> um yeah this you know you know one thing we we didn't really get into this and this is a bad thing to say at the very end but we all talk about like so so bad they're good movies uh even though that's a reductive view and i have some disagreements with that we that's a common trope there's not so bad they're good albums i think this is a so bad they're good album uh yes i think that i think that there is a transcendence to bad music that you can nail and this album nails it so yeah i would not i, I would pay it forward only as someone like Hey, did you know that this Mimi band also wrote like all these weird songs and they have a weird Go Ask Alice guest <laughs> song? Um, but yes, so. Uh, and also, no one I, will I, fuck still, Steve Harlow. <laughs> yes, and so. And did you know no, that? Did you, did you know no one will fuck Steve Harlow? <laughs> um, again, it's, it's, a good, it's a good transition to All Star, <laughs> which talks about him basically going. It almost is like maybe he became famous from Fushimane. And then people started fucking him, and so he got super happy, uh, finally. And so, like, because that, that leads right into – that narrative leads right into All-Star, which is somebody uh, once told him the world was going to roll him. He he ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. But then he's like, hey, now he I'm an All-Star. He told himself that. Uh, but now he's an All-Star. So I actually feel like there's probably a narrative connection from this album and where Steve Harwell was as a person to now him like singing poppy fun music. It's because he got famous and rich and finally people, all the ones with the chicken pox fucked him. All of them. Uh, he finally he's like having chicken pox sex with a chicken pox lady. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the secret song off of Astro Lounge. All right. <laughs> all right. What's my dare? The album I want you to listen to. And this is a full follow up from your love at 13 of all star. An album I loved at 10, 11, 12, 13 was Real Big Fish, Turn the Radio Off. Okay. This is, this is becoming this the weird Scott. Uh, so I've heard a couple Real Big Fish songs. I've heard Beer, and I've heard... Um, it's a long album, so I can guarantee you that you've heard, like... No, I... I an album couple, or two off. There are a couple hits I've heard, but I definitely have never heard a full Real Big Fish album. I was my brother because of my brother. Uh, Welcome to the Scottcast. Welcome to the Scottcast. This is just going to turn into a Scott podcast. <laughs> yeah, Scottcast. There's definitely something called a Scott. You know what? You like, know what? I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Scottcast is perfect because it's the perfect way to wrap this up. Because that's the perfect Smash Mouth level of clever. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So tune in next week to the Scottcast. To the Scottcast. Turn the radio off. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.